You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com and head of the Mavericks Can't Win in the Clutch Fan Club. And joining me as always is my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com as well. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? So I have an exchange for you. Ooh. Between me and Josh McRoberts last night. <laughs> is that the first time you've ever spoken to him? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, first time actually, the, actually any Mavs media has spoken to him. Either. He hates the media. Uh, I found that out yesterday. Really? Uh, before, well, okay. He hated them before this exchange or after? Before, like, uh, I shouldn't have said that. But as far as like hating the media, he he doesn't. He's not a big fan of the media. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and when, was, when we say hate, it's like they just don't care for it. You know? Well, yeah, that was kind of related to me because I kind of wanted just I wanted to do a story with him, and I did. I did a story. I tweeted out today, so go check that out. Talk to him about the trade deadline coming up, and if he thinks he'll be in Dallas and stuff like that, so you can go check that out. But I started off the conversation. He is a dookie, all right. So he went to Duke. Hashtag brotherhood. Not like another word for a poop. Like he he actually went to. That's not like. Well, a it's word. pretty much the same thing. I mean, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty he much went the same to thing. The, he went to Duke University, a reputable school that has produced many fine NBA players. That is producing them better than Kentucky now. But not an NBA Hall of Famer, by the way. Not yet. Grant Hill might Ooh. be the first one. Interesting. So anyway, I'm like, hey, before I get into the story, this was on the record, so I, I, that's why I did tweet it out. I, I, I asked him. I said, hey man, I was like, what? I said, what did you think about Zion going to Duke? He looks at me. Who? I didn't think. I didn't think anything about it. I said, so you don't keep up with Duke much? <laughs> I said, you don't keep up with Duke much? No. I was like, not anymore. Zero. All right. Solid. Hashtag brotherhood. Boy, he is not part of the brotherhood, all right? This dude does not care about Duke basketball. He does not keep up with them. That is not his thing. So, Duke basketball. I tweeted that out today. Uh, Had a bunch of Carolina uh, sites quote tweeting it and uh, (laughs) talking about the brotherhood and how they all of them advertise. But I will have to admit. The Zion thing really, really broke my heart. <laughs> I got, I got high. Yeah, we hopes haven't talked about that yet. We haven't. I got really high hopes because, you know, Duke had Cam Reddish. They got uh, um, freaking how to. Uh, you just tried to block it out of your brain. Who's the number one dude in the freaking class? That's the best dude. Would go top three in this. Oh, guy. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. So they had Barrett. And Cam Reddish, and I was like, you know, he doesn't. They'd be the first school in in history to have the first three, you know, top three recruits, and and they're all forwards. They're all like six, like, seven. Yeah, I'm like, he's wins. not going to go there. And then like Clemson had a little buzz, like there people were riding the Clemson thing. He's going to go to Clemson, South Carolina time. too, South Carolina. And then like the last like hour or two, I started seeing a lot of Carolina buzz, and I'm like, <laughs> let's go. Even though I'm not for sure about his like long term potential. Like NBA wise, yeah, I don't know where he plays in the NBA right now. He's kind of like Miles Bridges type, and I'm not a big fan of Miles Bridges. But I was really excited just to see the hype around him coming to Carolina, and he picked Duke, the worst possible. He's like a super athletic, shorter Julius Randle. Yeah, yeah, you know, like can handle the ball. The jumper is yeah, it's there sometimes, but man, in traffic or you know, in transition or whatever, he is just lights out. Yeah. So, I was hard So, talk about more it. how you're devastated that he's going to to Duke. I don't want to talk about it more. Stop it. Just kidding. Uh, also, by the way, uh Josh McGrover spent two good years at Duke. Yeah. Played so, Duke it's not like he was a one and done like, you know, had was only there for the 
you know, 12 games that Kyrie was there. Like, he was actually there for two solid years. Yeah, and we, we went on to talk about, like, his mindset coming to Dallas and just how. Did he have one? Yeah, yeah, he, he did. And he was talking about how it's different that, you know, before he was a starter on, you know, and like he was actually part of a rotation. He he said, you know, here it was all about getting healthy, and that was the whole key to everything. And he made it. He he made a statement, and it's not like Mav's statement was, but he says, he said, I think I think for me at this point, having some tough injuries in Miami, it is just a chance to get healthy. That has been the focus for me and the medical staff here. Just getting me healthy, so I have a chance to kind of play down play here down the stretch and hopefully into the future interesting so whether that's with the mavericks or not but he obviously wants to play down the stretch um we'll see i mean i asked him if he's healthy he said yeah pretty much just you know getting back there he did have he did break his foot three times in the past three years Jeez. so was this the same foot just, same foot I think so. I wasn't sure. I didn't ask him that, but interesting. He's been in the league like nine or ten years, so it's been a while. He's been on a bunch of different teams. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, he praised the medical staff, and, and shout out to the Mavs medical staff too. Really cool to, you know, when you bring in somebody like that, and you're not going to give him any run really, and that's it. Like that's his main thing this year is just to get healthy, and you, the hours and the time and the resources they put into getting this guy healthy when he's probably not going to be in the future for Dallas, you know, might get traded before the deadline, whatever it is. And it's kind of cool. I did ask him if he thinks he'll be in Dallas past the deadline. He says, I don't know. I think I'll be here uh, past the deadline, but you never know. It's the NBA. (laughs) That's a, that's a veteran right there talking. That's a guy. that's, That's a guy that's been traded multiple times talking. He's been traded three times and he's like, you know, he's been on like five different teams, I think something like that. So, so there you go. That's your Josh McRoberts update that you did not ask for. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> guys, I get that uh, again, you can follow Isaac at Isaac L Harris. You can find this pieces there. Uh, also had a good piece that we didn't talk about um, yesterday, talking about the Mavs New Jersey's and how they came about. Uh, you were able to pull back the curtain and get the uh, get the inside info on how the jerseys actually came about. And by the way, they. Use the jerseys again last night on uh, Saturday against the Nuggets. We will be talking about that game as well. Uh, and you can find me at Nick Van Exit on Twitter. Uh, Nick Van Exel still blocking me, by the way. I looked it up today. Still, still blocking me. I don't know why. I think he, I think he thought I was making fun of his name. But there's also Someday. a, there's also an at Nick Van Excellent on Twitter too, which is a great name. But hmm. uh, should have used that one anyway. So. We're going to be talking about that game. And then also we're going to be getting into the DeMarcus Cousins injury. There is just so many different ripple effects that could happen with the Mavericks, especially since they're, you know, keeping their cap space clear. They wanted to go after, you know, a big fish or somebody this summer. And DeMarcus Cousins was the name that kept coming up and kept coming up when we talk to people with the team, when we talk with, you know, uh, fans, other media people. It just seems like the name that's just coming, coming around everywhere. So, that is a big deal. So we will get into that. But now let's get into this game. The Mavericks lose again in the clutch. The Mavericks cannot, just absolutely cannot win in crunch time at all. It, it just hasn't happened. It's set. They're seven and twenty-five now in clutch games. That is insane. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a broken record. We talk about it all the time. They they're going to lose in the clutch. This record's not think, even broken. Like this record's not even on the turntable anymore. Like, <laughs> just isn't even. It's not even functional. They just can't. They, yeah. Like you get down to five, the last five minutes, and the Mavericks just. I mean, they don't know what to do. Can but, I tell you my mo- the most annoying tweet that really grinds my gears <laughs> after games like this? Tell me what grinds your gears, Isaac. This was a fun loss. Stop it! I hate that. I hate hate that statement. I hate every bit of it. Obviously, what did they just said it was a fun game? No, no, it's a fun game is different. Fun, it's a fun. This was a fun loss. This is what we want. This noting that it was a loss. Oh, kills me, man. Like, get out of here. You're not a fan. Leave. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so let's go through this game. 
Uh, no Devin Harris again. Concussion still. Head injury still dealing with that. Uh, I'd imagine that they're going to take their sweet time with, with him coming back. No J.J. Yeah. Barea. Uh, it was originally reported as a rib injury, but now it's they're saying it was an oblique injury. That's uh, yeah. what Eddie Sefko reported before the game. Uh, so he's out. They're going to take their time with him. Any kind of th- any kind of you know everybody at this point in the season has some sort of ailment, some sort of not necessarily an injury, but something that's hurting. And if anything's hurting JJ Barea, they're going to keep him out. They're going to keep Dirk in because he wants to play all the games. <laughs> I think that <laughs> that Dirk one of his goals is to play every single game this year. Uh, but he's not- talked about yeah he's talked about on record how much that that's meant to him yeah. right now. And I don't it's not he I don't think he's going to play through anything crazy just to make it happen. But. Right. But if he's like sort of hurting like these JJ Barea things that I I bet he could have like I bet JJ could have played tonight. I don't want to you know want to put it on him yeah. like he didn't want to play, but I think if he was able I think he could have if they really like pushed it. These are the type of dirt games that really really impress me. It's the back-to-back game, the second game's on the road. And they have this home game and in Denver out, like, too. Denver know. is tough to play in. Yeah, and so you know he plays twenty five minutes, and I just three for five from three, and oh, just just appreciate what he does to be able to play, something, you know, like this, and especially if this is his last year, you know, and he plays every game, every single city uh, gets a bit of Dirk before he leaves. The Mavericks are now three and six on the second night of a back to back. Oof. Uh, that number's actually a little better than I expected. I just expect them to lose every single time they're on a second night of back-to-back, but uh, they fall to 3-6 and six here. Uh, there was the, a couple of the stretches that we really want to talk I mean, the only stretch we really want to talk about, uh, that third, the end of the third quarter, there's yeah. two, two and a half minutes left at that point. Mavericks go on a 15-1 run uh, to end the third, and they do it with this lineup that has literally never played together before, before tonight it, with Yogi at the 1, Collinsworth at the two, Barnes at three, Maxi at four, and Measury at the five. <laughs> that is sort of a weird lineup. Collinsworth is definitely a three, but they're they're shifting him over to the to the two in this lineup. Uh, never played together. That lineup of Yogi, HB, Maxi, and Measury without Collinsworth, they've only played 130 possessions together. That's not even that's not a lot. Like the Mavs' most used lineup has played 500 possessions together. So. Even those guys just playing the amount of minutes that they or the amount of possessions that they've played together, that's not a lot. So this is kind of a new, a new thing for them. Uh, and they they spread it around like they, this is a, a really great run. HB had an had an ISO. Yogi had that pull up three. Barnes had another isolation. Collinsworth hit a three from the from the left wing. Maxi, we, we, Maxi we got deserve, a three. We deserve to give Kyle Collinsworth a massive shout out. We're about to. And then uh, at the end. Barnes got a, a put back off of a Yogi missed shot. And the only point that Denver scored in that entire run was a free throw by Trey Lyles, and he missed the other one. So it was a, a great, a great stretch there. And like you said, Kyle Collinsworth definitely needs a, a shout out in this this section right here. This morning, uh Cole Rast, a co editor at the Cuban, he wrote a piece about Kyle Collinsworth and it got a, a lot of traction and uh, Collinsworth tweeted out and Motley retweeted it and different people. And he, you know, Cole was advocating that they should guarantee his contract. Like he, he should get a full contract for the rest of the team and uh, for the rest of the year. And because he's been playing well here lately. And uh, it was kind of a joke too, because Cole's Mormon, you know, Collinsworth <laughs> Mormon, like the whole BYU fan base. And uh, so he was like, I'm rounding my troops up <laughs> uh, for him. And uh, so he was he was super pumped about it. But uh, oh, no, man, man, I mean. Hello. I'm, I'm so about. Price. Here we go. And I would like to share with you my most amazing book. I want to know how many people listen to this podcast. Hello. Watch Broadway. Watch Broadway. My name is Elder Green. It's a book about America a long, long time ago. My name is Mitt Romney. <laughs> I have um, three thousand sons. <laughs> uh, so no, Collinsworth man, like Collinsworth played a heck of a game. Plus sixteen and plus minus seven points, five boards, two assists. Uh, played fourteen minutes tonight. He obviously got to play a lot because Devin and JJ didn't play tonight. But he's just a solid guy. We can't, you know, he when they signed him to the two way deal. His little journey here with the Mavericks. They signed him to the. He was in training camp last year or two years ago, 
and with Warney and um, C.J. Williams that's playing a lot for the Clippers right now. Um, you know that whole crew. Was yeah, that, that, that group is kind of interesting now. Like they're all doing things yeah. different places. And and so then Brandon Collins Ashley were, was in that group as well. He's playing yep. well for the Legends. Jamil Wilson. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's on the Clippers too. Yeah. Um, is so, there two Jamils then? <laughs> Jamil and Jamil. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so so anyway, that so Collinsworth plays in in Frisco last year, gets the two way spot earlier this year, gets cut, signs a ten day, now signs a second ten day, and the way I mean, it's gonna. This is what's gonna be tough because they they probably want to sign him for the rest of the year, but they also want to have that flexibility with the trade deadline too. And it's gonna get close. I think his ten days are gonna come up before the trade deadline. So uh, it's going to be a little, uh, little interesting with his roster spot. But no, I mean, when he was signed to the ten, uh, to the two way, there was a lot of flack behind it and saying, "Why are we giving this guy? He's not, he's no good. He can't shoot. You know, all this different stuff." And I think he's a good, solid player that could come off the bench. And that's exactly what he did today. Play solid defense. I love his defense. He he had one play where he picked Jamal Murray, and in the in the backcourt, like what he Jamal Murray crosses half court and he like goes behind him, like almost out of bounds, and and picks him and goes in for the layup and left handed. Just a solid move. Good guy. Happy for him. Hope he can stick around. Yeah, he he had some oh, some really good passes as well. Um, just some some good driving in the lane. He had one the beginning of the game. I mean, he was he was tearing it up. He he came in with about uh, four minutes left in the game. He scored, and then he had a driving dish to to Barnes in the corner for a three. One thing I did notice is that he if he dro- like he only drove a couple times in this game, but the one time he drove and there was nobody open on the wing, he didn't know what to do. Like his his thing is he doesn't you know, like to shoot right now. No, it's it, he was definitely going pass first, which you can totally understand, but that's just one part of the game you're definitely going to have to figure out if you're just going to be a pass first guy at that point, but but good defense by him as well. Again in this game, uh a, a lot of that I think is, is effort, um, you know. He's definitely trying to stay on the team, definitely trying to stick trying to stick around. All right, let's get to the. Let's just go. Let's just go straight to the end now. Uh, the Mavericks. The last five minutes. Uh, I I wrote out every single offensive possession the Mavericks have, and I want to talk about them with you. Uh, so the last five minutes. Mavericks, in the last five minutes. In the last five minutes, the Mavericks I'll only see. had. They only had eight offensive possessions in the last five minutes, which is crazy. But that's just the way that this game kind of played out. So the first the first offensive offensive possession the Mavericks are down are up three. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. turns it over in traffic, and the next one Dwight Powell missed that corner three that everybody knew wasn't going in. Even even Jokic he was telling people to get back. <laughs> they, Just go on, was, Dwight should. He was Just waving go. everybody to go as it <laughs> went up. Uh, then Dennis missed that three off of a screen that he sort of rushed because he was getting a little frustrated that he wasn't getting uh, the, yeah, the calls there. Forced. Then Yogi comes in for Dennis with three minutes left in the game. I I don't understand it. I mean, he wasn't playing that great tonight. He missed 13 shots. Uh, but that didn't make sense to me that you, you take him out because what's the point at that point? You know, like, just keep leave the guy in there. I thought that they were going to put that lineup back in that went on that run. I thought they were going to put back the uh, um, the Yogi, Collinsworth, and all that. But Collinsworth didn't even come back in. Like, Carlisle was really trying to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. if anybody's thinking the Mavs are tanking, look at that move right there, and that is definitely Carlisle is trying to win all these games until the end, until the last play. Well, because what, we'll, we'll get oh, to that. It, it okay. makes it makes this move more infuriating that they took that they put Yogi in for Dennis. Not that they put Yogi I mean, in, but the fact that they took him out. I, I personally want Dennis in there, obviously, but, right? But I mean, it's just, I mean. He took him out after Dennis forced the three. And yeah, which is sort of a couple fair. possessions before that. You know, Dennis was trying to do his thing, kept on getting double teamed, and you know, a lot of that stuff we just don't know. We don't know is he just trying to do his own thing? Is Rick or is he saying, being get told? The, yeah, yeah. Is Rick saying get the ball to HB and he's not doing it? You know, we don't know that stuff. So he takes him out, and puts Yogi in, and you know, it, Dennis has 
in throughout the you know this game a lot of people were tweeting out the videos of his left hand and that was awesome you know he's starting to finish with his left hand more yeah and he's gotten better with that something dennis doesn't have is like awareness at the rim around people <laughs> because how I, how many well, Plumley and like everybody. I mean, it feels like ever since the beginning of the season. I mean, how many times has Dennis went drove the lane and jumped up and tried to do like a little scoop layup or something right on somebody, and that and they just smack it off the backboard or out of bounds or <laughs> cup it or he's been blocked that, by like every single big man in the league that you that you we've made jokes about it on the pod, know. yeah. And like that's the that's the you know. You commend him for not having any fear. I mean, he's going in saying, hey, I'm going to shoot my shot, and if you block it, whatever. But it's some of those plays, you know, like the Denver, you know, play tonight towards the end when Blumley just smacked it, you know. Like, there was – I mean, he was just two people going for it. But anyway, keep on going with your possessions. Yeah, so that – I mean, that that is a really good good point. We'll bring that up a little bit later. Uh, one, of the, one of the reasons why I think that happens is I think he just – I think he just thinks he's faster than everybody, and that his quick his first yeah. step, you know, getting to the basket. I think he still thinks that he's faster than everybody, and that's just not the case. I mean, NBA defenders are going to be faster, longer, you know, better. That's you know, it's what makes it the NBA. So after Carlisle put Yogi in for 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 Dennis, Measury in for Powell, uh, Carlisle basically ended the game with that lineup that went fifth that went on that fifteen one run to end the the third, and except he had Wes in for Collinsworth. So it was pr- pretty much that same. It was Yogi, Wes, HB, uh, Maxi, and, and Measury. And after that, uh, HB went to the post. He had a good good uh, play from the right block, hit it. Yogi then draws the charge on Murray. Barnes gets fouled then, hits you know a free throw. Then it's, It wasn't uh, really a foul, but anyway. It was not. No, and it definitely was not on Plumlee at that point. <laughs> no. It was not on the oft sunburned mild, or, uh, Mason Plumley at that point. Then there was a two minutes left. It was tied at eighty six. Then Wes hits that long three where the ball goes off of Solomon Measury's head, and it was one of the greatest plays. I, I tweeted out the gift, so if you guys go to go to at Nick Van Exit, you can find it there. Uh, Barnes Barnes is like in the corner. He throws the ball. He's trying to throw it. I, I don't even know if this was too Wes, but like I think so. I think it was to Wes, but but Measury and Jokic were in the middle of it. And then the trajectory just just changes. So <laughs> Barnes throws this pass. It goes off of Jokic's hand because his hand is just raised up because him and Measury are doing you know tussling around. Goes off of Measury's head. Wes had put himself right in position to get the ball off of Measury's head. It looked like he planned it, and then he just takes the really long three from the right wing and hits it. And it was, <laughs> it was such a great play. That was so accidental. It was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he shot it from like 30 feet. It was yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah, it was about as long as you could go. So the game was then tied again in 89. Uh, then Barnes missed a three. It was an isolation play. Uh, and then you're at the, you're in the last, you know, the last minute of the game at this point. Uh, Dallas is down by two, and Denver's trying to, to run down the clock, and then Denver gets this offensive rebound at the very end. Uh, it was, Ma- was Maxie's fault. Yeah, yeah, and they they were all trying to go for the you know, they're going for the contest and totally gave it up, and then uh, Maxi took off down the court before the ball like even like got down. Yeah, and, yeah, you gotta so. sec- you gotta secure the possession. Then there was the offensive foul call on Jokic, which was totally yeah. totally a godsend for the Mavericks. <laughs> that was you know if everybody thinks that you know refs are against the Mavericks and. Uh, our guy Greg, from the, our guy Greg from the press box, really thinks that all refs are against the Mavericks. But shout out to him. <laughs> and uh, so there's the offensive foul call on Jokic. Then there's about 12 seconds left in the game. Carlisle decides to put Dennis back in the game. So he's not good enough to finish out the game in the last three minutes, but he's good enough to put him in for the last 12 seconds. Why did Carlisle make this decision? So the media wasn't asking about it. That's the, that's literally the only reason why you think that. I mean, to, I mean, I guess to try to get a better. I mean, I don't. You're asking me why did Carlisle make a decision? A lot of times I can't answer that. Not this year. So this is the play. Now there's 12 seconds left. Dennis drives in the lane. He gets blocked by Plumley again in the lane. Uh, by the way, Plumley had three blocks tonight, and they were all on Dennis at the rim. 
Just yeah. did not expect that. And then there, you know, the ball goes out of bounds. There's less than four seconds left. The ball inbounds straight to Wes. He catches and shoots. Mavericks call a timeout. Yeah. So in between this, there's a timeout because this is the play call. That timeout and then the play call is to Wes at the top of the key. He gets it, catch, shoot, really long, like really, really long, like maybe another thirty footer at that point, uh, twenty seven feet maybe. And Probably could have pump faked. Yeah, he had time too because the ball, you know, the ball bounced off the rim and then the, then the, the clock goes out, so yeah. he, he misses the shot, and the Mavericks lose again in crunch time. The Mavericks in this game only shot twenty four percent of their shots at the rim. That's super super low. Last time, do you remember against Denver, the Mavericks were just like every like Dennis could get anything at the rim. You remember that game, like anything he wanted at the rim. The Mavs shot thirty five percent of their shots last game at the rim and only 24% tonight. Huh. Uh, it was just oh, it was just weird to me that they weren't attacking and that Dennis just wasn't doing the same things that he wasn't that he was doing in the last game. Well, for the last play, what do we know for sure? We know a couple things probably. What do we know for sure that Rick Carlisle does not like when it comes to NBA games? In Over, overtime in the preseason? <laughs> overtime. What the, what's the play that's drawn up? Not a play towards the basket, you know. Not a little, not a dark jumper. Not you know, cut. Yeah, to the Mavs, are, Mavs are down two. Now we draw up a thirty footer. Carlo goes for the win. He goes for the. Carlo's like, we're going to win this, or we're going home. Okay, we're not going to overtime. And so, so there's a lot being said about the Mavericks' clutch time record. You know, seven and twenty-five at this point. And some of these decisions that Carlisle's making is the reason why you know they go for the lower percentage longer shot which that was a i mean it was an in rhythm no, it was, shot it for was, west matthews like, it I, was a, I actually like the play call i'm i'm just i'm joking because rick's been so open about not liking overtime in the preseason and it's a funny joke now but it was it was a good play call because dirk sets this kind of like pick on the back um kind of facing the ball for west to kind of get behind him and for them to throw the ball over the top of all of them to West back there. I actually like the play call. And if he just pump fake, Tory Craig would have went right past him. But I don't want to criticize that because I'm not in the moment. Like, you just got to take your shot. But, yeah, I mean, oh, well, about the play call. It's just funny that they went for a three, you know? Yeah, and, and I'm saying I think they're do- sometimes Carlisle's doing that on purpose, going for the win, maybe the lower percentage shot, and saying, like, we're either going to get out of here or <laughs> – you know we're gonna, we're gonna lose again, and some yeah. of these decisions are the reason why the Mavericks have such a bad record in, in, in crunch time because they're just you know they're trying something instead of trying to stay alive. You know, like trying to win instead of trying to stay alive. Shout out to Gary Harris, big time game, good uh, good player, good good player. Nick, he's a good player. Just he, you know. he is a good player. I I can fully admit that now. By the way, Wes Matthews also a good player, better or worse than Ricky Rubio. Oh, stop it. Same with question. Of course he's better. Especially this year. I I don't understand. Somebody was coming at me today. was was talking about how it might my uh, Wes Matthews can be traded for a first-round pick piece that's on Mavs Moneyball. Uh, he was telling me that I compared all, all the West, all the, the trades that had been made for a first-round pick this since you know June, and Ricky Rubio was one of those. He got traded straight up for a first-round pick, and the guy said that Rubio is – way more valuable than than west okay okay guy it's he's supposed to be like passing is supposed to be his one thing he's had nine assists a game last year and this year it's four <laughs> yeah like i i don't know and he can't shoot so uh all right <laughs> anything else about this game i think we kind of exhausted it no i don't got nothing yeah that's i think we're done on that so now isaac the question becomes, what do the Mavericks do with DeMarcus Cousins? But first, two other players in the NBA are down now for uh, for the season. Mike Conley was reported by Mike Wallace uh, of, I think, Grind City Media or, or Memphis Media somewhere. He uh, he reported that season ticket holders were informed that, that Mike Conley was getting uh, season-ending surgery or just he's going to be down for the season. And it was this long thing about how the Maver- the Grizzlies are going to focus on their young guys and all this stuff. And all of it basically said, look, don't get rid of your season tickets. We are going to, we are about to suck really bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it sucks. We haven't seen him play for a long time, so or at least this season for a while. I so. didn't expect him to come back this season. It's their, um, it's their, you know, white flag. I'm saying, hey, this season's gonna be a lost season. Now the question becomes whether they do with Mark Gasol. Do they treat it like a um, Spurs season when they uh, when the Admiral went down and they got Duncan in the draft the following year? Do they treat it like that, or Ooh. do they th- throw in for a full rebuild? That's their question. Fizdale could have been the next pop. You guys screwed up on that. They definitely screwed up on the Fizdale thing. But <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that sort of has implications with the Mavericks because just because of the draft position, you, you think that that Memphis is now not necessarily trying to win games the rest of the season. What does that mean for Marcus Saul? I'm assuming he's going to keep playing. I mean, after that debacle where they picked him over Fizdale, I think that he's definitely going to keep playing. But the team's yeah. not going to be good. Not going to be good, and we'll see what they do with him come the deadline. Does he request a trade? Does he just tough it out and hope Mike comes back healthy next year? That's that's their decisions over the next two weeks. Andre Roberson also <clears throat> goes down. This, I think, has implications with a, a possible Wes Matthews trade. Yeah, Here's my thing. How? That's the, that's the I, question. I heard all about it. Like, I get it. I got on there as soon as I saw the news, but it's just not going to happen. Not, I mean – not unless they break up the core four. They have their they have they their two thousand eighteen pick is goes to many. Their two thousand twenty pick goes to Orlando. They can't trade the two thousand nineteen pick because they trade their two thousand twenty pick. Um Yeah, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to trade two first round picks in a row via the Stepian rule. Yeah. So like there's basically not a first they can trade. After Roberson, like you you're not gonna trade Roberson. After that you're getting to like Alex Abrinas. Like who makes like five million? Like you'd have to come out, and then after that, it just kind of drops. Like Dallas isn't touching a bunch of these contracts. That yeah, I think even it, Jeff, Jeff Skin Wade like replied to a tweet today that I put. I'm like, like this is he's like unless unless you a team out there really really loves Terrence Ferguson, like you that's the only way that they're gonna pull off. I think Marco Bellinelli is like their best shot. Like. Or somebody in the buyout market, like whoever's going to get. Yeah, and, buyout and, market. And I don't know if they have the money to do that. I don't know. Tony Allen, is he getting, when, if he gets back healthy, like he's your poor man's Roberson, defensive guy who can't shoot. Um, I don't know. I mean, that that's they got some decisions to make with that, of figuring out on the trade market, can they go out there and find a two-guard. I mean, Courtney Lee would be perfect for them, but they, they would just have to, I don't know, what could they – Unless they're going to put you know, Terrence Ferguson trying to, I don't know. They got they're just messed up cap wise. I don't see a West thing happening at all. Unless they would have to blow it up with Adams or somebody. No, it just creates that their want for West Matthews probably a little higher. But it's it they would, would want him really they hard just, to do. It. They have no way to to take it unless they trade one of the four. All right, and Demarcus Cousins down now with a season-ending Achilles injury. That that one just really hurt NBA Twitter really bad. <laughs> I mean, I was, it was almost like there's a funeral last night on NBA Twitter. Uh, everybody just upset that we're not going to see playoff boogie. We haven't seen that yet. We're not going to see it again this season. He is, you know, this is the last year of his contract, so he's going to be a free agent next year. The Mavericks were linked to him. Mark Stein mentioned that on, I think, Dunked On Podcast as the Mavericks is a, a team that will probably go after him this summer. Isaac Harris, if you're the Dallas Mavericks and DeMarcus Cousins has a season-ending Achilles injury this season, do you still go after him this summer? Yeah, so, you know, I'll say this. Like, after it happens, the game – or the game ends, the Mavericks game ends last night, and, you know, right around the end of the game, the Cousins news breaks. Uh, we go into the post-game press conference, and, I mean, from the elevator to the post-game press conference, that was all the talk was DeMarcus Cousins. And not just that he went down, it immediately became the talk among the media of if you thought that Dallas didn't have a shot before, a lot of people were thinking now we do. And that now it could be a, this lowers a price because a dude that is what, 250, 260, a big old guy that suffered, I mean, some of these injuries are career ending, um, how is he going to come back? Wesley Matthews had the same thing. We've seen the effect it had on him as 
you know, a wing and a guy of his size, of his weight, his, you know, game, how does it affect him? So then you go into the summer and that's where, you know, Cousins is so was so different. That's why I've been a little bit more pro Cousins as far as Dallas's chances on him compared to past free agencies because his situation is unique because of his personality and not every team is going to want to add him. And on top of that, not every team is going to have the money. So if you get a situation like Dallas that's sitting there saying, we have the system, we have the coach, front office, everything, veterans that we would like to surround him with that we think he could excel and we have the money, then that's two things that a lot of teams don't have. And then you just have to convince him on it. So now it just comes to the situation. What does New Orleans do? Do they still max him out? I don't – I. I don't think you can max him out at five years, twenty-eight million a year. If I'm New Orleans, not, not coming off that. Not, not a dude with his size, or what he does. So, for Dallas, I think this does creak, open the door, of saying, if you want to risk it, then you come at him with full max. And if, Gosh. if Cousins sitting there saying. Okay, New Orleans want to offer me blah, blah, blah. And Dallas is sitting there saying, it's kind of like the Wesley Matthews saying, we upped our price to keep him. Are, would Dallas up their price to a max to, to get Boogie? That's the question. But understand that's, that's what a lot of we were talking about in the media. It's not team officials, nothing like that. It was just among media, among reporters, reporters from other, you know, from Denver too, that were all in there talking about it and just what – this does to Boogie's market for teams like Dallas that could be interested. It's just a, it sucks all the way around for New Orleans, really. Yeah, it really it really does for them. And in the in the list of things the Mavericks can say, hey, we have this, like we have the coaching structure, we have this, we have a spot, we no definite guaranteed spot, all this stuff. They've also brought back basically two players now from an Achilles injury that you know have now have been successful in West Matthews coming back from that Achilles. Cause that his Achilles injury happened. Then they signed him over the summer and that was still an, an issue. I think, didn't he miss the beginning of his, of his Mavs career? Well, this is wild because you know, Matthews happened in March. Yeah. And, and Matthews still played and Matthews made a point said, I'm going to be ready on opening night. And he was ready on oh, opening right, night. Right. And so, and he he played in like a crazy amount of games that season. I want to say in, it was in the seventies, um, and it's like, I mean that's Iron Man right there. Did he look normal? Not a lot. It took a lot of adjustment. Yeah. I think right now, since December, this is the best basketball that West Matthews has played in Dallas probably. Um, but yeah, they they have the history from it. It just you can't. I don't think anybody can say anything until he gets going into recovery, and oh, it's yeah. just. It gets it gets really tricky when it comes to players like him, and because when you have that amount of weight, um, just your the big physicalness of a big dude like that, and you're in such a serious serious injury on your foot, that is uh, it's scary. Would I do it, man? I don't know. I went back and forth. Like it was last night, I walked out saying, "I'm sorry, I just wouldn't touch him." Yep. It sucks to be at that point now because I was all about it before. But to say I wouldn't touch Boogie. But then again, I'm like, oh, crap. If everything's like looking good in the recovery and we have to outbid a little bit more and just, I don't know, like I'm t- I'm right on the line right now. The other player the Mavericks brought back from an Achilles injury was Dirk Nowitzki last year. He had that Achilles problem and he's back, and we just mentioned that he's made it a point to try to play every single game this year, and I think if he does, let's say he plays 82 games, that is a selling point. Look, we had a 38, 38, 39-year-old guy that came, you know, had these Achilles issues, not completely severe like his, like Cousins is or Matthews is, but had these injuries, and we were able, he's able to come back and play the entire season because of the training and because of the medical staff that we have. I think that's another pitch for him that we'll talk about that a lot more but yeah. when you bring up west matthews and you bring up his uh his journey and back like this he was asked about about demarcus cousins and his achilles injury by the dallas morning news and he said it, you know it's gonna be a long journey and then he said this but at the same time he's not like high flyers blake griffin or deandre jordan he's skill based but obviously you're going to lose a step for a little bit and more than anything it's a mental game i believe he's got the mentality to deal with 
and be stronger from it. But it's a long road. There's no doubt about that. It's an interesting thing to, to, to mention. There was a whole offseason, you know, the, you, every offseason they have the muscle watch. You know, players come in, are they, you know, bigger than they were the season before? Or are, they, are they smaller than they were the season before? More muscle, more lean, you know, these vegan guys, all this stuff. DeMarcus Cousins is listed at 270 on basketball reference. And he slimmed down, wasn't it? It was like 240, 250, I think is what people were saying on Twitter that he slimmed down to. So that kind of that kind of helps him. He's not as he's not as big as a big, you know, lumbering big at that point. He's definitely more mobile. He's definitely more athletic. Uh, and so I think that that does help him. But West, well, Wes Matthews is saying is he does isn't relying on his athleticism a lot. He's not he he sort of is like you know the way Harrison Barnes is. Like Harrison, when's the last time Harrison Barnes threw down a, a huge dunk? <laughs> you know, like he has become now a guy that is definitely more skill based and you know is a more grounded type player. And yeah. So. I think that that could help him, and that's what Wes Matthews is saying in this. And this is a, coming from a guy that has came back from an Achilles injury. Yeah, and, and theoretically, if we do hold on to Wes, and then Wes picks up his option, Wes is here next year. Wes could be a part of that. Yeah, that crew that is recruiting him, saying, "Listen, come here. They helped me get through this. Come here, play with this. I'll help you. I'll give you any advice I can give you too." And so. It's different. I will. I do have two Mavericks things. Um, All that being said, that. though, I still don't even want Boogie. He's gonna be. He's gonna be twenty eight in August, and we'll talk about this all summer. I bet. But he's gonna yeah. be twenty. He's gonna be twenty eight in August. He doesn't fit with the timeline at all. I mean, you pair him up. I, with, don't give me that timeline stuff. You pair him I'm, up. I'll call. What, I'll call you out all day long on that timeline stuff. I'm so tired of that timeline. What stuff. are they doing with? What are they? I mean, what is this team doing? That what are they? The building fact that for? some people think that Harrison Barnes is not on the timeline and he's 25 years old. Oh yeah, stop it. I think like Harrison that. Barnes is on the timeline. Yeah, but like at some point you gotta have like players that are really good. Like unless if unless you want to suck for five years, like you gotta get those guys. Like it's not like Cousins is 32. No, but. At the end of this contract, he's going to be 33, <laughs> and I don't know. I'm well, 32 if we sign him four years, but that's true. Yeah, you're right. That, that's true. But but still, like it's just that's the, that's we, we're just going to keep on we're just going to keep on rostering. You know what are you saying about Boston right now? One of their arguably their most important players, Al Horford. That's that's hilariously different, and you know it. <laughs> No, but I'm just saying they look what look what they did with all their draft picks, all their young guys. You could look at their roster and be like Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum. Like, look at these guys. Oh, this is our timeline. These guys. But then look at their other pieces too. Then you look at Al Horford, that is you know a solid player in the rotation. You got to have at least some of those guys. The the Celtics though had built up those assets before they ended up getting getting good and being you know being good again. The Mavericks just don't have the assets, and so. To all of a sudden, like you get Demarcus Cousins, are you a playoff team again? Probably. Like you're probably the seventh or eighth seed again, and then you're back. But to the fact, kind of tread okay. water. I get that to an extent, but the like you're tread water make waiting, the, waiting for Dennis Smith Jr. to get good. But I couldn't make that as an argument to not get him to say, "Oh, sorry, you're 28. We're going to pass on it. One of the best bigs in the league right now. You're you're 28. You're old because Dennis and our draft pick is 20." Like that, if you just go by that method, we're going to be tanking for five years. And if that's what people want, then go for it. That's I mean, what it is. That's that's what rebuilding is. At least that's what I think. It's the, you know, oh, everybody's like, everybody's like, I wish we had the, you know. The, tell that to Orlando. Well, tell that to Minnesota. Tell that to the Lakers. Tell that to the, the Sixers. Tell the, Minnesota didn't do that, though. They had Towns. They they traded love for the for Wiggins. They're bad, though. And then, then they just got Jimmy Butler. They were bad for a while, and then they finally they built up the assets, and then they, they went for it. I don't know. I'll Next probably, advertising I'll, for tanking, guys. I'll probably fl- flip-flop back and forth on this like seven times this summer. But. I can't do that. I will say this. After the Denver uh, game, I can confirm that the West stuff is – like not that it's confirmed, but like the West stuff's real. The, the, Stein, the Stein report. That oh, yeah. It is definitely on the table. Um what the motive behind that that's up in the air but yeah there's the legitimacy to that so okay but i will throw this out there too it's not what we want to hear but 
I wouldn't be shocked if Nerlens and McRoberts is like bought out instead of traded. So it's not what we want to hear, but <laughs> no. it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me that we go past the deadline, we don't make a move, and then we buy them both out. I mean, we, we've been trying to come up with fake trades all week, and it's been hard to throw those guys in a trade. That The Nerlens trade, a Nerlens trade that's not to Cleveland, <laughs> you know, yeah, is tough. And Cleveland, the only reason why is because he's tight with LeBron. It, it is just hard to come up with trades for those guys. And, uh, yeah, if the trade deadline – basically, if the trade deadline comes and goes, Josh Roberts is essentially essentially useless. Sorry, Doyle. But he's essentially, you know, useless on this team because he was just brought in, you know, for the expiring contract. Because here's the thing. They got they want to play Motley during the second half of the season or the, after the All-Star break. They want to play him. Got 35 days left. You got – you have to make room for him. So, why, why Ross – like, that – that would just be if you don't move these guys, then it could be weird. But we could see a couple of these bigs bought out. So I I'm not going to address Nerlens being bought out because I'm still just they should just play him and <laughs> figure it out. And, and somebody asked uh, Rick a few games ago. Was it Wednesday? A Houston game? I think it was Newey. Ask him about any update on. He asked any update on Nerlens Noel, and he said that there was no update. It could be as early as it was looking like it was going to be as early as February, but now it looks like it's going to be even later than that. So that to me even scares off teams during the trade deadline. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just it's just kind of funny that Rick keeps on like throwing this flare out of like, hey, when he's healthy, we want to get him in there. Oh and get right, playing. Yeah. That was the okay. end of that statement. Was that they're gonna. You know, Okay. <laughs> if he keeps saying that, though, this is we've now gone way too long. For, like, the, like, guys, the lockdown podcasts are supposed to be fifteen to twenty minutes, and Isaac and I. This is a terrible team, and Isaac and I somehow come up with <laughs> some some random nights fifty minutes of, of podcast. Yep. But the uh, if Carlisle keeps talking like this about Nerlens, there's a chance that he comes back and like actually plays. <laughs> I think. Like Would that be the most craziest, insane thing ever if you're telling me in, like, March he's starting every game? <laughs> I don't think he'll start because I think they like Dirk and Maxi, but just that he would actually, like, get rotation minutes, that would be the most insane thing. I'll give it 5%. Like, it's very low, but... I'll give it zero. If he keeps, saying, if he keeps talking like this, like, eventually he can't just, you can't just be lying about this so much, you know? Like, <laughs> I give it zero. Gosh. <laughs> That would be hilarious. And I would actually love that, though, because as much as we've talked about Nerlens Noel, like this, he is still the second youngest player on this team, even with Motley. Yeah. I think Motley's older I, than him, isn't he? Yeah. Or maybe uh, he's – maybe I think Nerlens is a year older than Motley. Hmm. Motley had another good game tonight. so Yeah, he had like 27. Another yeah. big game. Double-digit boards Phil, all Phil that stuff. the box so. score. So, Yep. I can't. Today, <laughs> that'd be today's funny. What, day five. Today is, I think, day five of the deadline dash. Guys, we're continued to give you podcasts. This is a Sunday pod, by the way. If, shout out if you're listening to this podcast on Sunday. Sunday afternoon, you listen to Nick and I serenade you with our voices. <laughs> serenade you. All right. Well, the serenation has, has, has <laughs> the serenation has commenced. So, guys, thank yeah, you but, so. I was just say a home game Monday night against Miami, and yeah. then Dallas goes on a very. Uh, long... Are they going to wear the vice jerseys? Please tell me they're going to wear the vice jerseys. If you guys haven't seen the Miami vice jerseys, just search on Twitter Miami vice jersey. I know the Mavericks will be wearing their city jerseys that night. They're just going to so. wear them every game for the rest of the season. They're wearing them for four games in a row, and then after that, I don't, I don't know for sure, but. Now it's just gonna look like it's just gonna look weird now if they don't wear them. I will say it looked a little bit different on the TV tonight. Yeah, that yeah, it looked bad on the TV. No, 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 I don't think it looked bad. The 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 neon uh, names on the back were like crazy brighter on my TV than like in person. Yeah, it looks. Bad. We talked about after the game, some of like the media people, and they were talking about how like on the court, like in person, it looks better in person because you don't the blue doesn't glare out as much like I was on TV. So sometimes in person, it just looks like black and neon and it kind of like looks good. 
It's just when that blue comes out. <laughs> it kind of yeah. looks good is what you just said. Yeah. They're not good. Like They're the not good. I don't like them. Of course you don't. I'm out on them. I'm out on them. It's not because it every, everybody at Moneyball's out of them. Right? This is true, but I am. I am just out yeah. on them. I didn't like them when you first, when, when I, we first saw them, even before the Moneyball people saw them. Moneyball's taking Nick over because Nick likes to hate on Barnes. Nick is Team Tank in today's. I pod. don't like to hate on Barnes. I and I defend Barnes way jersey. more than anybody on Moneyball. So pretty much Moneyball has this. Whatever opinion they come up with, their whole crew has it. <laughs> That's what they pay me for. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep the site aligned. We got to agree on some stuff. Also, I just did a whole rant about how the Mavericks should be tanking. <laughs> Didn't I just do that? Yeah. Anyway. All right, guys. So today we talked about the Mavericks versus Nuggets game. We talked about the injuries to Conley, Roberson, and DeMarcus Cousins. So if anybody asks you about that, just share this podcast with them. If anybody talks to you about like, oh, what do you think the Mavericks are going to do with, you know, because of DeMarcus Cousins, share this podcast. Help us grow the show. We would really appreciate it. Again, send your reviews on iTunes. Any kind of trade that you guys think of, give us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. Put your trade, uh, your mock trade in there, and we'll talk about every single one of them on the show when we get them. And go watch DeAndre Aiden highlights from today. Yeah, it'll make you feel better. He might have passed Bagley as my number one. Anyway. Yeah, Aiden's really good. I think I would rather have him than Doncic. What? Now we have a money ball disagreement. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's a that's a disagreement. Uh, Luca can stay I, at three on my board. Yeah, I I don't know if I don't know if Carlisle and Aiden would go so well together, but they would have to Stop. make it, like they would have no, to make it. If work. you pull up that motor crap, I'm quitting. It it would just like people it, bringing up motor issues when he's like an AAU ball. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let but me take that in consideration. The lack he's kind of lacks the days go on the court too. I wish people could see my face right now. <laughs> He's not wearing a hat, which is like really like Isaac's not wearing a hat, and I am wearing a hat. It's a very rare occurrence. You know what Dennis was criticized for a lot? Being lackadaisical, especially on like the defensive end. This is true, and, and we were totally wrong about that. And we took him, and we're wrong. So I, I would love to be wrong about DeAndre Aiden. I just told him. I just told you I'd take him instead of Luka Doncic. So don't give me any of it. I just put him as my number one, and you were just like. Wow, you have one criticism of him. and That would be a concern. Motor would, would be a concern because obviously Carlisle has problems with motor. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Mavericks. Peace out. Boom, deadline dash.